I can't see the duaties of others except as less. So how do I know that other people, people's duaties are different from mine? I can't. Because these are the only duaties that I have. <laughs> and, 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 and I have to see things through them. So I cannot even come to the fact, if it is a fact, that other people have different duaties and they think things different from mine. And so if it are as my only glasses, then I see everything as red, and I have to say, if I see it red, I say it is red. I can't believe in, the, uh, in, 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 in relativity. So, for relativity of, of truth, and of values, by the way, uh, the most popular one is the relativity of values, that uh, what I take to be good, you might take to be bad. Uh, and, and so I say, this is your moral, uh, these are your moral values, these are my moral values. So this is self-defeating, self-defeating. It is, it is a theory which, uh, which is contradictory in itself. So uh, this is one alternative. So the one alternative to believing in something as to being absolutely true, is to believe in the relativity of truth. The other alternative is never to believe in something, never to be very certain about anything. Uh, you say, I believe, but I'm not, I'm not very sure. Uh, but this is not doing religion. You cannot say, I believe in the hereafter, but in case there is one. <laughs> I believe in the in, 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 in the existence of God because it seems that the majority of people is believe. So it might be true. So why not believe in God? This will not be this will not be belief. And again, the overwhelming majority of human beings don't see things this way. There are material facts on which we all agree and everyone sees as uh, in fact. So if you say that no one, uh, that truth should be relative, or that no one should be absolute, uh, and believe absolutely in anything that he sees as true, this will apply also to science. Hmm? You should never say that I am 100% sure that the earth is spherical. Hmm? You should say, I believe that the earth is spherical, but who knows? It might be good. So, uh, if someone says, uh, yeah, the expression of, if you say the earth is round, and you should not object to someone who says it is flat. Uh, but this is not true. This is not true. Uh, scientists and ordinary human beings believe in the absolute truth of what they see by their own uh, eyes and hear by their own ears and so on uh, to be true. Now, some people might say, <coughs> yes, uh, but the problem with religion is that belief is not only belief, it is belief with some, uh, with some strong feeling, emotional. It's not like the belief of scientists. Uh, the belief of scientists is a belief that is very 
cool and rational and it doesn't arouse any emotion. But again, this is not true. This is not true. As you can see from the uh, from the hot uh, uh, exchange between the Darwinists and uh, what are called the Christian uh, creation. The Darwinists do not just tell the Christian creation that you are wrong, but you know, there's some emotion in it. And, and, and they tell them that you are distorting the facts, you are distorting facts, you are distorting emotion, even in uh, scientific theory. So, so it seems that there is no alternative to believing in the truth if you see it as truth. Now, to say that uh, belief in the uh, absolute belief in the truth of something and the, the falsity of uh, any beliefs which are contradictory implies or leads you uh, to believe that those who hold these uh, false beliefs, uh, I mean, their life is not worth living, it's not true. We have many arguments in the Quran. Why? While believing that some, uh, that, that those who hold beliefs which are contradictory to Islam are in error, but in spite of this, we tolerate it. Why we tolerate them? There are many uh, arguments mentioned in the Quran. Why we do this? So in the Quran there is a difference between being very clear about the facts. There is no God worth the worshipping except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is an absolute truth. Anyone who worships something besides Allah or to the exclusion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in fact. We have no doubt about it. But then there is a difference between stating this fact and the way you treat the person whom you believe in error. We don't say because of this then his life is not worth living and that every man Muslim should be killed. This is what why? Why do we tolerate that? The Quran gives us answers. First, first answer is that our duty as Muslims is to invite people to the truth. Our duty as Muslims is not only to believe in the truth, but to invite people to the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if it were our duty to kill them, there would be no need for inviting them. Mm-hmm. What someone says, I am not a Muslim, he said, oh, no, huh? but, but we know, uh, know that our duty is to invite them to Islam. And that uh, there is a great reward for, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, for, 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 for for inviting, for, for being the cause, the cause of guidance of someone. Because guidance comes from Allah's hand. We only, we only invite people. It is Allah who decides whether they should be guided or not. 
فالسؤال يقول السيد أن يهدي الله بك رجلا واحدا خير لك من حمر النعم. If Allah guides someone through you, he didn't say if you guide someone. We guide people only in the sense that we explain the truth to them. We don't guide them in the sense that we put guidance in their heart. This is something that is left to Allah because Allah alone knows who deserves to be guided and who doesn't deserve to be guided. You don't guide whom you, you, you love to guide. Um, it's Allah who guides whomever uh, uh, he, uh, he, he chooses to guide. So the Prophet said, فَوَاللَّهِ لَأَنْ يَهْدِيَ اللَّهُ بِكَ رَجُلًا وَاحِدًا خَيْرٌ لَكَبِنْ حَمْرِ النَّعْمِ If Allah guides one person through you, then this is better for you than the best of worldly work. That's حَمْرِ النَّعْمِ So these are two reasons that our duty is to invite, that there is a big reward for being the cause of guidance of someone, Uh, thirdly, let me see, we have confessed uh, that uh, being undoubtedly uh, uh, is not a permanent state of a mind. Hmm? A person can be one Muslim today and listen tomorrow. So why do you feel? Why do you feel? Hmm? Uh, give him a chance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, عسى الله أن يجعل بينكم وبين عاد الذين عاديتم منهم مودة والله قدير والله غفور رحيم. Maybe that Allah will create friendship between you and those who are your present enemies. الله قدير الله is all powerful والله قدير والله غفور رحيم and Allah is forgiving. So we hope for the best all the time. That they might be guided. Also, uh, we invite people and we hope that they will be guided because there is no use in compelling them by the, the, the source or by threatening them to be believers. Because belief is something in the heart. You can force someone to surrender or to say with his mouth, La ilaha illallah. <laughs> But that is not belief. Belief is something in the heart. And therefore you cannot compel anyone to, uh, to have this belief in his heart. And your aim is that uh, he will be guided and not that he will just say La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. That's why the Quran says in the famous verse there is no compulsion in religion. There is no compulsion in religion which it is impossible for you to compel and someone to accept the religion. So, don't try something which is impossible to do. You can only compel people, people uh, to say that they are Muslim. But you cannot compel them to be, uh, be uh, Muslim. And if you want to invite people, then you must treat them in a way which will persuade them to become Muslim. Hmm? You can't say, uh, you are covered, I hate you, I despise you, I don't want people to talk to you, and then you hope that they will be Muslim. Hmm? That's why our Quran says, لا ينهاكم الله 
كذلك قصة لعلها قل الله عن الذين لم يقاتلوكم في الدين ولم يخرجوكم من دياركم أن تبروهم وتقسطوا إليهم ولم يظاهروا على إخراجكم أن تبروهم وتقسطوا إليهم إن الله يحب المقسطين إنما ينهاكم الله عن الذين قاتلوكم في الدين وأخرجوكم من دياركم وظاهروا على إخراجكم أن تولوهم ومن يتولهم فأولئك هم Allah does not forbid you concerning those who have not, those who have not fought you on account of your religion. And who did not drive you out of your home. And did not help in driving you out of your home. And tabaruhu. And Tabaroo, you do dirt to them. And dirt is a very general word. It covers any kind of good thing. That you become generous, to them, you talk nice, to them, you do this, you do this. And Tabaroo, you talk to them. And treat them fairly. In the mind, Allah forgives you only concerning those who defend them. No. Now, so uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbids you only concerning those who do this, uh, commit this crime against you. They, uh, they fight you, they drive you out of your country, they stand in the way uh, of your religion. It is these people whom you should not be friends. And this is very, uh, this is very natural. You cannot tell a, a, a person to befriend their enemies. To befriend those who kill uh, them and kill their children and them and, and so on. And Allah also tells us, a very popular verse, <laughs> especially among those who don't want to have to do anything with jihad, they also always call this verse. <laughs> But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says both. There is jihad and there is utter al-Rasulina. You invite people to the way of your law. Sadiq Rabbika bin Shikma with wisdom. And wisdom, they say, uh, 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 is to observe the circumstances and the person whom you are talking to. You need to be wise and to know how to address a person. There is no good word in English for Mordecai. Mordecai is to say something to a person which suckles his heart. his heart. You tell him about the bad consequences of rejecting the truth, the good consequences of accepting the truth. This is Mordecai. And Mordecai should be Hasana. That's all. الله سبحانه وتعالى قال: ولا تجادلوا اهل الكتاب الا بالتي هي احسن. Don't argue with the people of the book except in a good way. الا الذين ظلموا. Except those who are wrongdoers or who are unfair. This means that if they insult you or they insult your religion and so on, then You should argue with them in a different way. But generally, you have to argue with people 
in a nice way because our aim as Muslims is our primary duty as Muslims is to invite people to the truth to invite them to the truth in the best of ways we don't distort the truth we don't hide anything but we present it to them in the, in the best way and we treat them in the best way uh, with the hope of uh, winning them over to the side of truth there is uh, another shubha <coughs> very similar to this uh, they say also that you as Muslims uh, hate okay? you, you hate uh, those who don't agree with you and uh, therefore you commit uh, what uh, are called now hate God <laughs> you hate but again I say it is impossible for a human being not to love or hate so the problem is not that you love or you hate the, uh, the, the problem is what do you love what do you hate you can't say about some people or some countries these are evil and then claim that you love them you can't by evil you can't say that uh, these people do not deserve the treatment that we are giving them now and you claim that you love them you can't describe some people as your enemies and you claim that you, uh, you love them so love and hate are necessary necessary feeling of the of the, the human heart so Allah subhanahu does not tell us not to love or not to hate Allah tells us what to love and not to hate we love the truth we hate the falsehood we love those uh, who believe in the truth who uphold the truth, who defend the truth, and we hate those who stand against the truth. But there is something that must be said also. I want to bring your attention uh, to something which, which is a mistake and which is committed by many Muslims. The Quran talks sometimes about the Christians and the Jews and uh, some people and describe them, for, for example, as uh, people who corrupt with the scripture, the people who are unfair, the people who But this does not apply to every individual Christian or Jew. Because if every individual Christian or, or, or Jew was against Islam, none of them would accept Islam. But we know that some of them do. But we know. We know that some of them do. So the Quran is talking about uh, general terms. And in fact, even some of the Arabs say is talking about particular people of the book. If someone never heard about Islam, how can you say that he rejects the truth? What is the truth that he rejects? Or if he heard about Islam in a very distorted manner, Muslims are terrorists. Muslims are people who are contemporary followers. People who are, <laughs> um, they are Middle Eastern people, they are, uh, if I am European, I can't be Middle Eastern. <laughs> so, 
and some of the brothers who, whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed with accepting Islam told me that before being uh, accepting Islam, they thought that Islam was only for the, for the black. So that they, that's why they never thought of becoming a Muslim. So if you never heard of, the, of, of Islam, or if uh, the Islam which you came to know about is not the true Islam, it's a distorted one, then you cannot be said to, uh, to have rejected uh, uh, Islam or the truth because the truth has reached you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbids, I mean, uh, does not punish except those who knew the truth and reject it. What is, the, I mean, we can't treat them in this world as non Muslims because they are non Muslims. Uh, well, they are not Catholics in the sense that they will automatically go to their heart. Then the Hadith would say that they will be tested in the hereafter. In, in this world, they never receive the message of a true prophet. So in the hereafter, they will be uh, 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 tested. So don't, uh, don't uh, yeah, take every uh, person who is non-Muslim to be against Islam and to be an enemy uh, of Islam, it depends on individuals and groups of uh, of uh, of uh, individuals. If you want to add um, any shibuhat, uh, ask about them, or uh, have better arguments than the ones that I presented in criticizing uh, them. No. Yes, it depends on uh, others. You have to be very careful. You know, all, and this is important for us uh, people who are living among, uh, among these people. You have to be very careful uh, about uh, what, uh, what kind of Ahl al-Kitab they are. Because in the Quran also it says that some of the Ahl al-Kitab were good people. They accepted the truth. They knew their religion very well. And when they uh, saw the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu and they knew in their book that there would come a Prophet and that um, the description is so and so and so and they found out that this applies to Prophet Muhammad so yes. and the Quran called them Ahl Kitab so they were Ahl Kitab and then they accepted this now it might be that there are Something, some people like this are this quotation. <laughs> they haven't heard of the Prophet, they don't know very much about him. And uh, if they knew, and, uh, and they compared this with what are the remnants of those truths that still are still in their books, when they compare this with, uh, with the life of the Prophet and so So, so, so uh, you cannot say uh, that someone is Kafir or not Kafir, when he is, he is uh, once the truth, the truth, truth uh, reaches a person, then he is either Kafir or a Muslim. So there is no middle. No.
So these people will be like Ahl al-Fatra. Anyone uh, to whom the truth has not come, whether they were before the time of the Prophet or after the time of the Prophet Muhammad, they are called Ahl al-Fatra. And, and, and they will be tested in the hereafter. Yes, yes, No, they are cases in the sense that, uh, uh, in the sense that what us they are saying is is contrary to the truth. But will they be? Mutaimiya uh, said, "Give a very good answer your question." He said that Allah Subhanahu treats people according to the message only. If the message hasn't reached them, then they will not be uh, they will not be punished in the hereafter. Even if they are cut. Even if what they say or what they do is cut. He said what the Prophet said, In Allah Nazara Ida Ahdi Arab. Allah before the time of the Prophet Ida Ahdi Arab, the people on the earth. Samaqatan, he hated them. Arabahu Adamu, the earth and the non-earth. Illa, you remember the hadith? Illa baqaya mi ahdi kitab. He hated them all with the exception of some uh, people of the book. So he said that in spite of the fact that Allah hated them, hmm, he did not find them because he said, "Ma kunna ma'azidin hatta nara'atahu." We do not punish anything until we send a prophet to them. So Allah doesn't like what they do. He gives them, but Allah Subhanahu is very just. He gives them a chance in the hereafter. So you can say, if you want to say they are cabbage in this sense, you can say they are cabbage. But what, uh, what, what I was saying is that they are not rejecting the truth after knowing it. But, but, but they just don't it as the truth. In fact, Mutaini also said that you cannot say about the Jews who came after the first generations of the, the, the Jews who, who corrupted the, the book, you cannot say that they also corrupted the book. Because they just inherited this corrupted book. And they thought that it was the true revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we cannot say that they corrupted the book. Yeah. If someone is a non-Muslim, we treat him as a non-Muslim. Hmm? We will not, uh, <coughs> we not give him our Muslim words in life. Hmm? Hmm? We will not, so we treat him as, non, as a non-Muslim. And if you like, as a cat. <laughs> but, but he will not automatically go to the hellfire. The people who go automatically to the hellfire are the people who knew the truth and rejected it. And again I said, the same talked about this a lot, and he quoted about six, seven, and perhaps eight verses of the Quran about it. He said, for example, that uh, there is a verse which says, كُلَّمَا أُلْقِيَ فِيهَا فَوْتٌ Whenever a group of them is plunged into hellfire, huh? Kullama ulti ibn Akun, is ta'ala hum khazanatuha. 
ها ألم يعجب النذير؟ هذه الأولى خمسة أم جايب السيئة؟ فالصوت إذا هو نفس الخمسة بس. فإذا يعني وقالوا لو كنا نسمع أو نعقل ما كنا في أصحاب السعيد فاعترفوا بذنبه فسبقا لأصحاب السعيد. في جيب أبوات في كتاب الآية Uh, no one who has who has uh, who has not received the true message of the prophet goes automatically to, to have fun. Yes, many people say this. And even very early, some of the Muslim people. But what is clear to us is that Allah did not say why they did not investigate or what. What is, what is very clear is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not punish them until they come to know the truth and reject it. But you can't say, uh, it's the duty of everyone who heard that something called Islam to go and investigate. Suppose that they heard about another religion called Called, called Islam, <laughs> uh, would it be my duty to go and, and, and investigate? Uh, investigate? No. Why Islam in particular? It is just a word for him. Especially if it is uh, used to terrorism and why should he go? In fact, if they go somewhere of them now go and investigate about Islam because they, they want to know why uh, why does encourage terrorism and then when they read about it they discover the truth and they Yes. Yes. No. 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 In a different way, the early uh, Christians uh, and Jews interpreted uh, these verses. Of course, by the way, these verses uh, have been later on. Some of them deleted, some of them corrupted, and, and some given uh, new interpretation. But, but it seems that at the time of the prophet, this was very clear for them that there will come a prophet. His name is Muhammad, and his description is so and so and so, and so which fits exactly the description of Prophet Muhammad. And even those who rejected uh, him, they did not say they uh, rejected uh, him because the description does not apply to him, but because they thought that uh, he would come, he would come from a Jewish community. But when he came from an Arab community, they didn't like it. And uh, so it, it was for other reasons that they rejected uh, Prophet Muhammad. Uh, 
but I, I heard that uh, I'm not an authority on the Bible, uh, but I heard that now there are these such uh, verses are giving new interpretation. Perhaps Kamal can tell you about it. It applies to everyone. How do we react to the call from Muslims these days that uh, uh, they say we are American Muslims and they want to specifically dissociate themselves from the Muslims and the other countries? No, you can't dissociate from Muslims anywhere in the world. And so long as they are Muslims and, and you know them to be good Muslims, and you should uh, consider them your brothers, you should uh, have friendship between you and them, you should help them as much as you and as you can, and uh, and if they do something wrong, you, you say that what they did is wrong. You see, to, to we don't support each other in a jahiliya uh, in a jahiliya way. When the Prophet said, "Also, akhara wa'inu al-awwabuha," when the jahiliya used to say, uh, "Come to the help of your of your brother." Uh, if, if he is the aggressor or the one who is the victim of aggression. And the Prophet said the same thing. Then the Sahara who came to know their religion very well. They say, what is what they say? We know uh, how to defend him if he is the victim of aggression. But how can we defend him if he is the aggressor? And the Prophet, as you know, said, we prevent him from aggression. So, and that would be uh, in that way you would be helping him. So you don't help him only when he does something good. You help him also by preventing him from doing something bad. So, so you cannot say, you did, because if you say I'm American and um, I don't have anything to do with that, you are giving, you are giving uh, priority to the race uh, over religion. Because you know, everyone can also you know, we can, one can also say, I am an act. The prophet was an act. You don't have to do anything with these people who call themselves Muslims and they live among the Americans. Hmm? These are not Arabs. <laughs> so I have, don't have anything to do with them. Uh, and in this way, um, you'll be giving priority to race or, or religion. And, and, and your religion should come first. In fact, you should, uh, because religion comes first, we need freedom. Why did the officer then leave his country? And when he left Mecca, uh, he said that, uh, that you are a man that the most beloved to me. Hmm? But he had to leave it for the sake of his religion. And, and, and Muslims have been doing this all the time. And you, can't, you are not allowed to live in a land and in which you are not allowed to practice your religion or to invite people to your religion or in, in a land in which uh, you are being oppressed and you have uh, the ability to leave, to leave that land so you should, you, you should not uh, you are not slaves of the earth hmm? but slaves of Allah uh, the, the question is some people agree that the Quran is the truth but they say that the truth that the Quran is open for interpretation though. Mm. Uh, how do you answer that question? 
Truth is not confined to what is in the Quran. Isn't, isn't it true that uh, it's night now? This is what the Quran It's true, yes, yeah? that you are here. That the, the number of people here is there, well, you can count them. It's true. So truth is not confined to what is in the Quran. You can know something to be true, either through revelation or by logic, rational reason, or by observation. So there are many ways of knowing the truth. And in fact, the way we test whether something is from Allah or not, something from the, the truth or not, is that we test that truth by the truth that we know. If someone comes with a book and he says that this book is from Allah, then that everything in it is true, and we find in it many scientific acts. <laughs> then we say this is not true, and it cannot be from Allah, because Allah cannot make mistakes. And he cannot create the world in one, in one way, and talk about it in a different way. So, so all this is true. Now, when uh, <coughs> many people say, and this is a new, sadly, uh, this is a new issue that also is uh, becoming uh, very popular these days. And you see, they think mostly mentioned by the hypocrites. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they live among Muslims. They don't want to say that we don't believe in the Quran. And they say, yes, this is the book of Allah, we respect it. We know that true. And anyone who says that this is not true uh, cannot be a Muslim. But we are not talking about the Quran. We are talking about your interpretation of the Quran. Hmm? The Quran is true, but why should different interpretation be true? That's what's worth the Quran. So what about Kamal's words? No. I cannot be sure that there is a Kamal. What about Muhammad's words? So what is this Quran then? Our uh, reply is that <coughs> Allah will not send a book to people eh? and a book containing the truth uh, which uh, there is no way for them to, 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 to understand. When Allah says uh, we have sent it uh, as an Arabic Book. He said, So that you may understand it. You are Arab, and that this book is in your language. We made it in your language so that you understand it. So this means that Allah knew uh, that uh, this book is expressed in words that uh, the speakers of that, la- that language can understand. So you cannot say, that uh, these are the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but every understanding of them is not is not the true one or we cannot be sure that is the true one uh, what about Allahu hmm? there is no God Allah is unique or it is only one what, what kind of interpretation can you have for that? Or even about um, the matters of fiqh, 
السارق والسارق تقطع ايديهم لو انه قمت وكثير قبل زمان ورمان الاسهام وحرها تبدي قطعا يقام شيء وطيف ميسيرا يزيرتيرا ودرتوز
Yes, I had some people, but uh, sometimes you cannot, I mean, you cannot see from the experience. You cannot, uh, you cannot separate these two. Of course, you hate falsehood, this general. And uh, sometimes uh, you don't hate the person uh, who expresses a falsehood. You, you know that he's a good person, but on this occasion he uh, uh, he is on the side of uh, falsehood. You, you hate what he says, but you don't hate him, because there are other reasons which make you uh, love him or respect him. But if someone is absolutely against Islam, you know he knows Islam, and, uh, and he is absolutely against it, and always talking, uh, saying bad things about Allah and his Prophet and the Prophet Muhammad, he, he, you can't love him. You cannot, you cannot help hating him. No. And I, I think, and I'm talking from experience, and, and, and I, I sometimes say, even there was nothing in the Quran about this, <laughs> this would be the natural thing. If there is nothing in the Quran about um, loving the truth or um, and, and hating those who um, who stand in, in, in sway and so even if there was nothing in the Quran about it, still good Muslims would have found this feeling in their heart natural. You can't love someone who abuses the Prophet for It's very natural. Yes, I, I think I said before, uh, the, the, the rule is that you treat everyone nicely, except those whom you know to be valid and fair. But you can't say, uh, in the 20th century, every non-Muslim has become very bad and they don't deserve to be there. Or in the United States, no. we know from experience that this is not true. And every day people are coming to the fold of Islam. And uh, no one can come to, 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 to see the truth, you see. Unless he had some good in him before he became Muslim. This is something very important. You see, don't think that everyone who is a non-Muslim is devoid of everything that is good. Because if, if, if he has no good in his heart, how can you see this? This good, hmm? you have to have some good in your heart to see the truth. If you don't have this light, then you can't see the truth. If you are living in utter darkness, you can't, you can't come to the truth. So there is Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and put some light in the heart of every individual. And some people lost that, that, that light as a result of punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They did something bad things and, and they were deprived of this. But uh, for, the, uh, for the, the general rule is that 
there is light in the heart of every human being. And uh, one of the Sahaba, uh, this is the way one of the Sahaba interpreted uh, the verse in Surah Al-Nur. Nurun ala Nur. Allah Nur Samawati wa Ard. And at the end of the verse it says Nurun ala Nur. Light upon light. So these are two lights. Light that's coming from from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the form of the revelation and prophet and so on upper light which is in the human heart hmm? so this light confers uh, that light of the fitrah so you have two lights every human being um, is both good and has some uh, light in him or her what about the shubha which someone said uh, and that we Christians, our God sent uh, His only Son uh, to die for human beings, but your God, your Muslim, He asked you to sacrifice your children for Him. Huh? No, I'm not asking about who said it. I'm asking about, <laughs> about the shubha. <laughs> Because um, I, I heard that he denied it. So what is the shubha? What is uh, what, what is your reply to that? Yes, please. If he, he, he dies whom he will, to his light. And light means the truth that with which the Prophet came. You see, when when we read, uh, we come to that question. That uh, many people misunderstand this word man yasha man yasha whom he will when they, um, they 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 read verses like this that Allah guides whom he whom he wishes to God yahi man yasha they think of this as something that haphazard like gambling also Allah says this will go to hellfire, this will go to And if you ask him, why is he am God? I divide the time. So, it is not like this. Because it is explained in the Quran um, whom Allah wills to guide and whom he doesn't wish to guide. In the Mahalayahdi Khawal Asima, this honest and criminal thing. إن الله لا يهدي من هو كاذب كفار. Someone who doesn't want even to listen to the truth. Why should he guide him? So Allah سبحانه وتعالى yes yes gives his decisions. But Allah سبحانه وتعالى is wise. He 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 makes his decisions in in a fair merciful way. Even a human being. If he's wise, we'll do this. Suppose now I am the president of um, the university, <laughs> the uh, American Open University. And suppose that these brothers, Mondoha and others, said that we will leave it to the president uh, to accept to the university whom he wants and reject whom he wants. Now, this is my authority. What do I do? I say, Accept this boy who has just finished elementary school 
my decision. I have the power to do that. Reject that who has a doctorate in philosophy. They don't want any philosophy. And <laughs> I don't do this. Even if they gave me that right. And if I am a wise person, I will do what is good for, for, for the university. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is wise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is fair. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful. So think of Allah's will as being governed by these other uh, uh, divine attributes. When you think of Allah's will, don't forget that He is all-knowing, that He is wise, that He is merciful. And so He wills in accordance with these um, uh, qualities, these attributes that He has. What is that? This one reason. Yes, one of the worst, uh, one of the, the worst feelings that a human person can have and which are in contradiction with, uh, with, uh, with Islam and accepting the truth is kibra. And, 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 and there is no good word in English even for kibra. It is the arrogance, pride, because pride can be used in a good sense, sometimes. Uh, but kibra is to think of yourself as bigger kibrisi than you really are. In Fizdurhi illa kibra mahum bibalili. You say, uh, for example, uh, some, some Arabs said, we do not accept this man. Why should I put my forehead on the earth? I am so and so. I am an important person, I am the leader of my tribe and so that wants them to see me putting my forehead on the, on the ground. But he forgets that he is putting his forehead uh, on the ground for the sake of Allah and not for uh, some animals or <laughs> stupid human beings or, or, or whatever. He forgets it. So this is kibra. If someone has kibra in his heart, then Allah and Allah. We go back to the question of um, sacrificing. Well, what is your reply? Yes. What about the other shufa? The shufa that I mentioned. Okay. Yes. Um, and, and, and some and they, they pray and, and they are asking something from Allah to give to them and when Allah doesn't do what they expect they receive they get something of disappointment why me why why is this happening why is this happening to me why would God do this to me and from a, from an Islamic standpoint we are the slave of and what, what we do we do for the sake of Allah so and although it was a, a derogatory term it in, in or uh, uh, committing suicide or sending someone along those points. His point is what his point of view. Mm-hmm. But it, it emphasizes how our heart is to, to work for Allah and how their pride is Allah is only there to serve them when we as Muslims are here to serve Allah. And, but, uh, of course, uh, I'm understand what I'm saying. Yeah, but the, the Shubha is there because he is saying that 
for ourselves. Hmm? Because when he said that, you are getting nasty. If you are guided, you are guided for your own sake. And Allah does not need your guidance. So perhaps some people like this, he, it, it could be that he genuinely misunderstood uh, the Islamic position. Perhaps he really thought uh, the God of the Muslims means um, human beings. And so he asks um, them to sacrifice their children. Uh, in fact, there is nothing in the Quran that says sacrifice your children. <laughs> you sacrifice your children and your children. Your children are your children. If they are grown up, they decide for themselves. If they are children, you don't send them to work to, to, to get killed. Um, so there is nothing in the Quran about children uh, here. So. And he does that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sacrifices his kids to their thinking. And that's that bridge what you think. And to sacrifice your child. So why do you condemn us according to their thinking? To sacrifice our children. And if Allah does that, but God does that. Say, uh, our God is superior than your God. Uh, our God is so good that He sacrifices His child, His only child. But you also want to sacrifice our But you are now being better than God. No, uh, this is from the sister. The sacrifice in, uh, is a cleansing, cleansing for us. We need to make the sacrifice to rid ourselves of uh, the love of the worldly matters. Prophet Ibrahim came before Prophet Muhammad. It is for Jewish people and Christians as well for Muslims. Prophet Ibrahim did the same thing. He sacrificed himself. But again, that will not, um, you have to answer the shukha first. Uh, I think inshallah you have already answered. Because it is a misunderstanding. Because some other people also uh, said uh, that uh, we can't understand how can someone uh, die in the name or kill in the name of Allah. Again, when we say in the name of Allah, we even eat in the name of Allah. Hmm? We have sexual intercourse in the name of Allah. Don't we? We say Bismillah yeah? in the name of Allah. So when we say in the name of Allah, that is not as they understand it. In the name of Allah means we are doing the right thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us to do. We are not saying in the name of Allah that we are doing this to benefit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hate uh, freedom because they are benefit from it more than anyone else. Hmm? It is uh, would it be uh, have been good for Muslims if the United States was a dictatorship, uh, a Christian dictatorship that says you cannot build mosques, you cannot you know, yani, um, have uh, some organizations, you cannot have meetings like this. No, we are benefiting from the freedom, so uh, we are benefiting from it. So why should we hate it?
And why should someone, <laughs> why should someone sacrifice himself hmm, for dictatorship? <laughs> why should someone, yeah, I think so much hateful the freedom so much that he is ready to sacrifice himself. There is no sense in this. No, but even they, I mean, to be fair to them, they don't say Allah is like uh, human beings. Even they, they they don't say Allah is like human beings. Uh, But they uh, they make mistakes which many Muslim sects make also. Um, They explain away some of the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they think that these are attributes of human beings. So they reinterpret uh, But the verse you mentioned is the answer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has all these attributes of knowledge, of uh, generosity, of uh, mercifulness, of so. But that doesn't make him like any created thing. Because later can he say, there is nothing like him. Uh, he is merciful, but he is not merciful in the way that human beings are merciful. He knows, but he doesn't know in the way that he doesn't acquire knowledge, in the way human beings acquire knowledge. Hmm? And he is um, on his throne, but he doesn't sit on the throne like the way I sit. Hmm? Uh, uh, so, uh, these are real attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but uh, the form they take when they apply to Allah, is different from that when they apply to human beings. And because Allah, there is nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we cannot have a picture of, of these attributes when they apply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can understand only the meaning of the attributes, but we cannot uh, imagine how they are, uh, have a picture of them in our eye, in, in our mind. Because if I am told of a human being that I don't know, I never met, uh, that he is sitting on a chair, I can have a picture in my mind. I say that he is a human being like me, and uh, so he must be sitting um, like this or like this. Or I can have uh, uh, I mean, a mental picture of uh, the way he is sitting, and his chair must be like this, and it cannot be a chair with no, what do you call it, with no legs or just with one leg. Uh, I can imagine uh, how, how his chair is and so on. But when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I cannot have this mental picture in my mind because there is nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I cannot say that he is like this, and therefore if this one sits this way, he must be sitting this way. Or if he speaks, he is like this, or if this one speaks. Some people are very narrow-minded. They think that when you say someone speaks, then he must have a tongue like a human tongue. And there is, as if there is no way of speaking except uh, by having a tongue like this. Uh, but we know that Allah speaks. He speaks 
it's not like a human being, he doesn't speak in the way that uh, human beings uh, uh, speak. Because perhaps before the invention of the, uh, these tapes and, uh, and this, and no one could imagine uh, that you would listen to a human voice uh, from a machine. <laughs> if you told them this, you must be mad. And for there to be a human voice, there must be a human being, a human tongue and so on. Uh, but we now know that this is not so. Sister. You said that Muslims are not slaves of the land. No. In that sense, should the Palestinians leave Palestine and move somewhere else away from the aggression of the Israelis? I just have to read it again. I didn't say they don't defend their land. I said that they are not slaves of the land. They are not slaves of the land. If you are a slave of the land, you sacrifice your religion for the land. But it's part of your religion to defend your land. Just it's a part of your religion to defend your body. Are you a slave of your body? You are not. But would you add, because you are not a slave of your body, allow someone to cut off your leg? No. You defend yourself. You are not a slave of your wealth. But it is jihad to defend your wealth. So there is a difference between owning someone, something, and being the slave of it. Now, If you don't do it, it's a fear. You need at least read all the Quran. Huh? You don't you just pick one ayah and forget about the other ayah. Uh, if, if, if he says, kill the Kufar, whatever you find them, and then there he says, invite them. Who do I invite? <laughs> So you have to, you, know, you don't interpret verses of the Qur'an in the way that they contradict each other. This is from Allah, Allah does not contradict himself. No. Hmm. No, no. I, I was recently reading uh, in a book and he mentioned something, a fatwa of the Hayat Kibar al-Ulama in Saudi Arabia, and I liked it very much. It's, it's an old fatwa at the time of Sheikh bin Baz. And he said the, 
being wala that takes the person out of the fold of Islam is that when you side with the kuffar against the Muslims and, and if it is a war uh, and, uh, for, on account of religion so if suppose that uh, um, some, some Muslims
invited him to the last one and the man rejected so you can't say that uh, he wants to help her because of the prophet <laughs> the question is to what extent can one convey the message How, when do you stop telling them about the feed and conveying the message I think this uh, depends on the people whom you are inviting to you uh, suppose that someone is an atheist so you start <laughs> by proving to him the existence of the Creator. And if he is already uh, uh, a Christian or Jew, or he is Jewish or Christian, then he is neighbor to Islam. So you tell him about uh, worshiping them, uh, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and so on. So it depends, I think, on the... On the uh, whether he will be accountable or not, uh, depends on the truth which he reached me and he saw as truth and that uh, you have nothing to do with it you just uh, because sometimes uh, the people can become uh, can accept Islam and become guided even if you talk to them for 10 minutes also they immediately see the truth uh, some people for some people it takes a longer time to see the truth. So it is your duty just to do your best, to do your best according to the person uh, whom you are uh, whom you are addressing. No? No? All of them have got the message? No, I don't think so. No. What does the Bible say? Is this some something contrary to the message? No, no. Question about religion. We know from experience, actually, many of the, uh, our American brothers who became Muslims, they told us, think, you know, if you don't hear it from, from these uh, young people, they wouldn't have believed this. Someone told me, as I told you, someone who lived here in Washington, told me that before he became a Muslim for a long time, he thought that Islam was only for the black. Some, another one uh, who uh, lives in uh, what they call Midwest, he said that until he finished high school, he didn't think that there was a religion that claimed to be revelation from God except Christianity and Judaism. Uh, and, and some people here told tell them that um, Islam is. Uh, uh, is uh, an idolatrous religion. And they think of Allah as someone old man or so that we will uh, worship. And, uh, and so on. So there are many, uh, many distorted uh, pictures of the religion of Islam. It is our duty uh, to make this, uh, to clarify this to the people. And by the way, uh, uh, sometimes the propaganda against the religion can be a good opportunity for you to convey the message to It's not always something bad. Mm-hmm. Because it makes it arouses the curiosity of, um, of, of people to know about Islam. And then you take that opportunity and go and explain Islam to them. I always uh, mention the case of the, uh, it's at the time of the Prophet, uh, and uh, the, the Kuffar distributed themselves among the gates of, uh, of, of the of the Haram in Mecca uh, to tell the pilgrims who were coming 
uh, about the Prophet to warn them against uh, uh, accepting his message. And that was the best uh, propaganda for a Prophet. Because everyone comes and says to him, Be careful that the man he called Muhammad, uh, he will tell you, don't listen to him. And then people began to use it, they wanted to hear, to see who is this man who is uh, scaring all the <laughs> <laughs> leaders of the operation and, and so on. And one of them uh, said he was um, yeah, so scared that he put some um, um, cotton wool in his um, ears so as not to hear the Prophet But then he said to himself, I am a poet, I am an intelligent person. Uh, why should I hear my music? <laughs> and he listened and he became a Muslim. Yeah. So, so sometimes, um, sometimes it, yeah, it can be uh, something good can, can come from uh, something Concerning the sacrifice question, could you argue that there is an ayah concerning the Uqsiyah that says roughly, it's not the blood or meat that reaches yeah. him, but it's your taqwa. Yeah. So Allah, doesn't need not the actual object, it's your taqwa that reaches him. No. Yes, this is a good argument, but even your taqwa is not in need of your taqwa. Yes. Even your taqwa. It reaches him, yes, but don't think of this in, 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 in the sense that you are doing Allah a favor. You are not doing Allah a favor. We are, we are doing a favor to ourselves. No. But it's, but it's a good argument, yes. Would be, would be wise also, after explaining that uh, all the reason that we gave, say, well, we have news for you also, not the Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, uh, there's, there's much you can say, by the way. Yeah. And you don't have to be a great scholar to do this. And uh, read the uh, verses in the Quran, which give you rational argument for, for yeah, refuting the claim that Allah has a son or, or, or a child. Because if you believe that he is the creator of everything, then what about the son? Is he, is he created? If he is created, he cannot be a son. You don't create your son. You give birth to the son. Hmm? If he is not created, where did he come from? What did he come Okay, then what about the son? His son. Creation, if he is creation, he cannot be son. You don't create your son. No, so, so, but, but the argument will not go away. Yeah? 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 And, and if he is a father, the Quran says, where is the mother? How can he have a, a child seeing that he has no wife? So you cannot say creator and father. Impossible. You cannot say father but no mother. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لو أراد الله أن يتخذ ولا مستفع مما يخلق ما يشاء. He cannot no, no, no one can be uh, his child in any real sense. 
But had he wanted to have a son, he would have adopted someone from the people whom he created. But even that does not become him. So he doesn't do this. لو أراد الله يتخذ ولدا لاستفع مما يخلق ما يشاء نعم نعم Because if he, if he is divine, he must be eternal. If he is eternal, he cannot die. Yeah. But you know, some, some of them will tell you that he came also for the people who came before him. Yes, he is very faithful.